Good morning, and welcome to Ronkel and the Mayor, episode 30. All right, well, I was gone for a little bit longer than I expected. Um, I had a, uh, actually, well, we'll just get right to it. Hannah, the star of the show, uh, has pancreatitis, and she's, you know, 16. And so I had a little medical emergency um, combined with traveling down to L.A. to see some Dodger games. So it was, uh, and the how I'm, uh, my house is having work done on it and being painted and stuff. So a uh, whole bunch of stuff happened, uh, just, just kind of took me out of the loop, and I didn't really have a place to record this highly produced uh, podcast, but here we are. So um, IndyCar is basically going to be today's show, including the walks. Uh, I walked, um, I was at PIR, Portland International Raceway, for three days, and the first day I walked 8.5 miles, uh, the second day I walked uh, 6.4 and then I was uh, 4.2 on the last day although um, may need to add about a mile or two to both of those because uh, I'm using my iPhone to track me anyway walked plenty over the over that weekend over Labor Day and uh, saw some great racing uh, the on-track activity was great the crowd was awesome um, lots of off-track activity um, I pay for this thing called the Champions Club and uh, they have a little lounge where you can sit. And so uh, they had a live feed this year. So you could actually go sit and eat lunch in the shade away from the track or whatever and uh, still watch qualifying and things like that. So that was kind of neat. Um, I posted uh, tons of pictures all at Ronkel on my Twitter. Um, I posted a few videos too. Um, I, I have uh, grandstand seats at the famous Portland Chicane. So Section K. Um, and that gets you into the paddock as well. Um, so I took the video of the opening lap crash, which took out a couple people. Um, I posted that video, um, got a lot of impressions actually. I don't really, I'm not concerned with that or anything like that, but it got, you know, like 11,000 impressions. So a lot of people were checking out the video and, uh, just looking at, you know, a lot of the shots I took. I put, I, I pushed some of it to YouTube um, just cause it's easier for some people to watch it that way. Um, yeah. So while at the track, um, I tried everything. Uh, I did the air force simulator. Actually, it was pretty hot. Uh, not, pr not hot, but when you're at the track, you're under the sun, even though it was about 80, it's a little warmer wandering around the sun. So at some point I got hot and a little tired and there was this giant truck, like a, a semi truck and this massive trailer all transformed into like a stage or like a movie theater. And it was the air force simulator strike force. And so I got in this line, they give you a little wristband, uh, telling you, you know, join the, join the, join the military, join the air force. Uh, so I go, you get in this trailer and the air conditioning was freaking awesome. Like the coldest <laughs> air conditioning ever. So what you do is you fly in an F-35 fighter. Um, it's like a virtual uh, tour kind of thing. And the whole thing moves mist and little bits of uh, uh, cool mist spray out of different parts of your chair onto you. So like when, the, when your plane flies low over the water, you get misted. You take out some bad guys with a missile. Then you're with a, a, a recon team on a raft, and you're skimming along. The whole trailer is bouncing and uh, water spraying in your face. 
And then last year in an Osprey and you pick up a bunch of wounded uh, civilians and take them to safety or whatever. It's this whole like five, six minute you know thing that you do. But I will say it was it was really well done. The chairs were super comfortable and the air conditioning was great. And the Air Force people were, were super nice and they knew most of us were just there to cool off and try their new toy. So that was pretty cool. Um, I actually did it again uh, the neck uh, on race day when it was a little warm. I just got in the line, punched my name in, and jumped in the thing again. Uh, I also did the Mazda simulator. Mazda had a big uh, uh, stage and set up next to Cooper tires, and so I did the simulator and I drove uh, a couple of different Mazdas around. That was pretty neat. Uh, I got in there when there wasn't a line. Um, yeah, and just drove the thing around. Got some free T-shirts. Um, at the Cooper Tire stage, um, and while I was there, uh, you know, there's these ladies who were, uh, you know, making you do the little survey, and so got a free shirt, which was fine, uh, but the main reason I was there was Renus VK, who is one of my, I don't have a lot of favorites as far as drivers go, I mainly just root for the IndyCar series, but Renus, um, he is, uh, well, he just turned 19 today as we record, but he's an 18-year-old from Holland. He has a big sponsor in Jumbo, which is a shopping market or shopping uh, grocery store chain, I'm sorry, in, in Holland and a part of Europe. And he also is in the red uh, Indy Lights car because he carries the Mazda scholarship for this season, although he, w he did lose that to Alexander Askew. Um, who just has to start the next race to claim the, the scholarship money. But I do believe you'll see Renus, well, I, you'll see Renus in IndyCar next year almost for sure. Uh, so I went and met him, uh, shook his hand. He signed uh, his, there was a marketing woman standing there, and she said, would you like an autographed picture of Renus? And I said, sure. So he, she handed him this thing. They call them hero cards. It's basically just a picture of his car. And uh, he signed it and handed it to me and uh, shook his hand again and said, thanks. And uh, he's a pretty exciting racer. And he's got the deadly combination of skill, money, and he's a good-looking kid. So the sponsors love him. So he's a triple threat there and uh, very fast. Um, he won the pole. He won race one and won the pole for race two Although uh, here in Portland. Although you know, he kind of fell off. A guy uh, who I've never heard of won the race. Uh, Indy Lights. You know, not not a well-followed series, but it is the last rung in the ladder on the road to Indy. Um, so, while at the track, uh, I checked out, of course, USF 2000 uh, was there, Indy Pro 2000, and Indy Lights. They all had two races plus qualifying and practice, and I, I watched, I didn't watch all the races, but I watched most of practice and qualifying uh, the MX-5 uh, Mazda Miatas were there, and I um, th got there uh, on the Friday of the event. Got there at 8.45 when the gates opened, and uh, the Mazda dudes headed out onto track. There's like 24 of these guys, and uh, pretty competitive spec series, and it's sanctioned by IndyCar, and they have a sponsor in Battery Tender, and uh, they run Goodrich Tires, so they got all this signage everywhere, so they got some money. And then Robbie Gordon, who used to do uh, all other form, he does all sorts of racing. He has this modified truck series called Stadium Super Trucks. And I, they're a lot smaller than I thought they were, but they have massive engines and all that. They bounce around like a bouncy ball. Basically, they ran the course. There's like eight of them. They run the course at PIR, 
and they put four or five of these big jumps on the tracks. These things just come flying by and bounce all over the places. Uh, and I found out it is a competitive series. People do race and they win a little bit of money and stuff, uh, but it was nuts. I posted those videos online too. Uh, and I don't know what the life expectancy for these guys is, but no one crashed, but I can't imagine it's very safe. Anyway, uh, very entertaining for the fans. And uh, one of the great things about this weekend was there was just tons of on-track activity. So you have the ladder series, you have IndyCar, then you have the MX-5 guys and the stadium trucks. So there was plenty of stuff going on. Um, like I said, I walked around, I did, you know, basically went to all the sponsored tents. Um, at one point I was walking in the paddock and walking towards me was young George Steinbrenner, the owner of Harding Steinbrenner racing. And, uh, I just sort of smiled at him. He smiled back and then I kind of turned and said, Hey man, uh, thanks for, thanks for uh, supporting IndyCar. He shook my hand. The guy's 22 years old, <laughs> he has backpack on. And so he headed over to his, uh, his uh, transporter where uh, his team was. And uh, yeah, on that same walk, I was walking and here comes Indy 500 winner, Simon Pagano. And I just pointed at him like I knew him and he smiled and pointed back at me. So uh, we're on the same page there. So that, that was kind of cool. Um, then I walked back over the bridge actually, and this is on day two when this happened. I'm sorry. I'm jumping all over the place just because it was such an exciting weekend. So, um, I walked back up and over this bridge There's a big bridge crossing. Um, if you don't wait to do uh, track crossings, which come about every hour, um, I go over and I'm checking out some, uh, you know, I get something to eat or drink and I'm walking on this trail and suddenly a, uh, Toyota Camry kind of buzzes me and almost hits me. Um, there's people driving around in cars and, uh, I look at it and, uh, it stops right next to me. I'm like, uh Oh, and I was like, geez, man, you almost hit me. And Marco Andretti gets out <laughs> and he looks at in the car and his wife gets out and she looks at him. He closes the door, walks away, looks at me and then looks at her and then he just heads to the bridge and walks over to the, the paddock. She gets out and gets in the car. And I, the funny thing is Marco Andretti blocks me on Twitter because I've been critical of uh, some stupid things he said a few years ago. It really wasn't that big of a deal. I just told him, you know, maybe you should think about it before posting this. And then he blocked me. So anyway, I, the biggest takeaway from this is Marco's just kind of a, I don't know. I don't even know if he's a jerk. He's just out of it. But uh, he's a Honda driver. And he was driving a Toyota. Now, it's okay for him to ride in a Toyota or to be seen in other vehicles. But the fact Honda thinks so highly of Marco that he was driving a Toyota and no one cares. Uh, Marco Andretti is a legacy driver. Uh, he has the name. He does pay for his own way a little bit. But he's not a very good driver. Uh, it's unenthusiastic at, at best. Um, so... Uh, so that was my little Marco story. Um, anyway, uh, he, he'll probably be back next year driving his own team. Uh, he has, uh, you know, plenty of money and everything. So anyhow, during the weekend though, there were a couple of deaths, not at the track, but, uh, the land speed record lady, uh, Jesse Combs died down in Southeast Oregon. Uh, she was traveling over 400 miles an hour when, uh, her car crashed. So, uh, you know, uh, it was very sad. So there was a moment of silence for her for that. 
And then uh, over in uh, Europe in Formula 2, uh, Antoine Hubert died in a horrible crash. And actually the other driver is in uh, ICU still. Uh, so these were young guys that crashed. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So um, there was a moment of silence for them. Uh, people didn't pop champagne uh, on day two of the, the, um, the event here in Portland. Uh, they call it the Festival Speed. Anyway, uh, a couple of deaths there. So, uh, yeah. But there were tons of rumors going on because, of course, we're in silly season. Um, the, the rumor was Hinch is going to start his own team with uh, old Forsyth gear. Uh, he's going to Ray Hall as the third driver. Um, you know, there were uh, you know, all of this unconfirmed. You know, as the weekend ended, uh, Ray Hall Letterman was sort of backing off on their third car stance. Uh, not sure if they if a deal fell through or if that means that Hinch is actually moving from Honda to Chevy to stay with McLaren Aero SP, which is the new name of that team. Uh, other Hinch news, uh, Rossi and Hinchcliffe, who also have a podcast, one of my competitors, I guess, uh, they got Napa sponsorship for the Bathurst 1000, which is a uh, endurance race in Australia. It's a pretty cool race, um, but they have wildcard entries, and so... Um, Andretti, uh, Andretti Autosport runs teams over there in super form and super V8 formula in Australia. And, uh, so here comes Rossi and Hinch, uh, with Napa auto parts sponsorship. So they'll be racing there next year. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'll watch it anyway. Uh, also news that came in. So when I, I did the grid walk, uh, before the race and you basically walk between all the cars, take pictures of, uh, of all the stuff you can, you know, you, they don't want you touching like the steering wheels and stuff, but you can, you can get right up on the car and take pictures and things like that. So I was there and they unveiled the new schedule. So Mark Miles, the head of IndyCar was there for pre-race. And so I was trying to get on camera, standing there next to him. And basically the schedule's the same. The unfortunate news was Pocono was dropped for Richmond. I understand, but it still leaves us at 17 races. And the goal, for me anyway, the goal is 20 to 25. Uh, I would prefer 20 North American events and five global events. That, uh, and by North America, I mean America, Canada, and Mexico. Um, so uh, other news, ABC Supply will no longer be a full season sponsor for AJ Foyt Racing, which, uh, you know, is probably, uh, you know, good news for ABC supply. They've been footing the full on bill, giving these guys 10 plus million for years and AJ Foyt racing sucks. And if AJ Foyt racing wants to get better, they need to fire AJ Foyt. Uh, they have one car in Texas and one car in Indy. And the reason there's a car in Texas at a garage is because when AJ gets bored of driving his tractor around and getting stung by killer bees, he goes over and he tunes up the race car at the team even though he's 85 and out to lunch right now so anyway they will no longer be a full season sponsor for aj foyt they will be an associate and primary sponsor for the indy 500 um aj says this is not going to affect them next year they'll be back with two cars uh we'll see uh, i think that's what some of these rumors when you hear about forsyth material being sold which that's an old race team i think there's some movement within the paddock um including maybe even you know the rumor of like hinchcliffe starting his own team you know some of these drivers have enough money where they could actually start their own indy car team pretty easily 
Um, let's see, let's do another little sponsor. Ray Hall Letterman secured Cure One for primary sponsor of two races and full season associate next year. And they were actually on Graham Ray Hall's car here in Portland before Graham decided to crash everybody out on the first lap. <laughs> um, let's see anything else yet. So also numbers are up last year's Portland Grand Prix was a 0.36 on cable. And this year on NBC, it got a 0.81 that's up 125%. Uh, viewership year to year, um, is up 10%. Uh, Portland was also the number two market for the Portland race, which is not a huge surprise, but, um, to have a big number in the Northwest was, was a big get for IndyCar. So also Cincinnati is turning out to be a pretty consistently large market uh, for IndyCar, which means they need to get that race back in Kentucky. Um, anyhow, um, lots and lots of other just sort of rumors flying around uh, about who was going to uh, you know, switch teams, who was going to go where. Um, but all in all, it was a it was a great weekend. I will say the grid walk is worth every penny. Um, you can get right up near everybody. Uh, stood there next to the Aster Cup, uh, the on air TV guys. You know the the producers are yelling at you to get out of the way. Uh, they're rolling in the cars. So I but even before the grid walk, I stood there as they roll the cars in. It's not really a parade, but they they bring them from the paddock garages out to the the grid um, to their boxes. So. Uh, as the teams pulled them by, I was there taking video of that and uh, taking pictures of all the cars. Um, that's pretty neat. Um, this year, they also had another little thing called Rookie Racers. So all these little kids uh, got to sign up, and then they got to meet all the guys at uh, Arrow, Schmidt, Peterson. Uh, who, and they walked them out to the grid and high-fived all these kids and gave them a little tutorial and stuff like that. Uh, another person I like, Catherine Legg, was there. She drove the two-seater. Um, she actually drives, uh, in sports cars for Meyer shank racing. She has done the Indy 500 before, um, and actually is famous for a, a massive wreck. She got in about 15 years ago, uh, at mid Ohio, she was in a champ car, which is very similar to an Indy car. And it just tore the thing, to sh the car to shreds in some sort of wreck. But Catherine got out, walked away. Uh, she's an excellent driver, um, in her class in sports cars. She won last year. Um, she also competes on a team that, uh, just has women on it and including the ownership group. Um, so, uh, as far as female drivers in North America, Catherine Legg is one of the top, uh, she's easily one of the top drivers and it was good to see her there, uh, hanging out with the fans and stuff. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, the Portland Grand Prix was a success on many levels. I only had a few gripes. The The Champions Club Lounge was still was a, had an interesting thing. You could get beer, of course, uh, like any, everywhere else at the track, but the beer was uh, a smaller beer for the same price. So I'm not sure what, what's real champion about that. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, also, uh, we'll get a little local. We'll get away from racing. Um uh, here in Selwood, we're getting ready for the Harvest uh, Harvest Festival or Potluck uh, here at Sherritt Square. And I got some uh, listener, uh, I got some questions from a listener here in Portland. Want to know about the the Selwood, the Selwood Center, um, or Selwood Community Center, I'm sorry. Uh, so a uh, little backstory on this. They, they cut funding here in Portland and they removed two of our community centers. Well, we all knew they were going to they were going to nix the one here in Selwood because uh you know the theory was 
there's enough people with a little bit of money around here who would save it. Well, they did. They're going to operate it themselves with very little help from the city, but the Selwood Community Center is here. The cool thing about it is they have like adult computer classes, you know, like uh, exercise classes. They have uh, preschool, and then there's this big game room, you know, with things like pool tables and stuff. The building was built in the late 1800s. Uh, it's a three-story, just massive house. There's a little park next to it that they built, a little private park. So lots of uh, kids around here, and even some kids we know, have gone to preschool there and uh you know it's a, just another resource in the community that they kept open um uh they're they're sort of loosely connected to smile here in selwood the selwood Moreland improvement league um not a huge fan of smile actually and we'll get a little story here they they do a little thing called the bee a little paper that goes out monthly uh, but one of the writers would often describe uh, so they'd talk about everything from positive stories sad stories cr local crime and that's where my focus was every time a black guy committed a crime this writer called them a thug so i questioned them on this and the writer for the b claimed ignorance to the fact that thug is a code word for the n-word it is and if you're a writer you probably already know this so i sent them a letter and the guy argued with me about it um i know they still do a lot of positive things for the community but i but i told them to please take me off their mailing list they said why and i said your use of the word thug to describe black criminals is ignorant you can't claim ignorance uh yourself I guess on uh, using using these words and then not understanding what they are, uh, it it was just sort of troubling for me. Um, it's pretty easy for uh, white rich people to dismiss things, so so I had them take me off the mailing list. So that's my connection to the the Selwood Community Center. Uh, you know, I'm always getting into it with people, um, except for at the race. Whoosh, whoosh, let's tra let's uh, transition back. I had. Other than the Marco Andretti thing, zero negative experiences. Uh, there was one funny thing on the grid walk. I walked right up to Bobby Ray Hall, who's a Trumper, and he blocks me as well on Twitter because I was critical of his uh, politics. Um, but he, he was sitting there looking at me. He has no idea who I am, but I just was kind of laughing, like, here's this jerk here that owns a race team. I love IndyCar, but a lot of the guys that own these teams are uh, – uh, bad people, um, you know, like Roger Penske, great for the sport, friend of Trump, you know, oh, it's like, it's like finding out that Vin Scully's a lifelong uh, tea party kind of guy, you know, it really kind of sucks the wind out of your sails when your heroes turn out to be right-wing Republicans. Uh, anyway, uh, one last thing, I guess I, I don't do autographs. I did get the one from Renus, but I wasn't really asking for it. I got some awesome gear, an IndyCar hoodie and an NTT IndyCar series hat. Um, yeah. And they had, and they, they had to have made a mint at this weekend because, or last weekend, because there were so many people in the, in the merchandise tents. It was just unbelievable. So it was a little bit bigger this year, a little bit better. There were some improvements. There were more food carts. There was more beer, uh, more soda, whatever. There was just more of everything. Uh, I also did the uh, the shuttle. They have, a sh they have five little school buses that run around the perimeter of the track. And actually on the back stretch where you can't sit on the track as they run through the forest a little bit, the bus drives above the track and it's one of the best views. So during the race, I uh, I got on the uh, 
the shuttle and drove and was riding as the indie cars go blasting by at this point at 185 miles an hour and you're just you're right above them i i can't believe this is an option so if you ever go to the race ride the shuttle uh it's totally worth it and the driver's this kooky lady there's i'm sure the other ones are kind of funny too but she was a riot and uh, you get to see some pretty good views of the track took some pictures from there um totally worth it so uh yeah, I would say it was a good value. I just filled out all the surveys. Uh, the, you know, one minor complaint was Wi-Fi was spotty. I mean, it's a big track, but that affected the ability to purchase things without cash at some of the faraway vendors uh, for food and drink. So, you know, all in all, it was a very successful weekend, and we have a week to go until the finale for IndyCar down at Laguna Seca. Uh, and so we'll be, we'll be rooting for... Uh, our guy, uh, we'll be, yeah, I'm sorry, we'll be, <laughs> saw something out the window. We'll be rooting for Joseph Newgarden here to bring home the championship and uh, sew up this season. So let silly season begin. Thanks for listening. Hannah's out there. Uh, she's just relaxing right now, re- recuperating. Uh, but she appreciates all the love. And I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. <laughs>